Wake up in the morning after the weekend to get an update on the NRL. Me legal counsel. Wake up in the morning after the weekend to get an update on the NRL. My legal counsel. Hits of the weekend scandals on Monday. A story from Jack about a urinal. My legal counsel. Welcome back to Legal Counsel, coming at you live from a Thursday, sultry Thursday afternoon in Sydney, Portier. We're on the eve of finals football. <sighs> That's September, ladies and gentlemen. We are in amongst it. There's eight teams left. We're in real football. You can sit back. You can take the monkey off your back. You can throw the team that you, the horrible team that you support all year and focus on the eight best teams in football. We're about to be served up an orgy of rugby league Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And as always, joining me from the former lockdown capital of the world, one test thunderino and two times controversially act Hong Kong rugby league board member, Jack, how's it going, mate? Yeah, very good, Rehurry. Nice to hear your voice again. Quite a balmy uh, evening in uh, Victoria as well. So, yeah, it's getting that feel about September football. And it's great to have, uh, uh, for the first time, a third host on Legal Council. How good. It's it's the first official guest that we've ever had. And, and you know, in many ways, we don't call him a guest. He's the third Beatle. He is the vocalist on... The original legal counsel, Jacko loves uh, Stray Dog. The second uh, legal counsel, as you'll know, the main theme song, and also the legal aid theme song, Simon, also the creator of the name legal counsel. How's it going? Very well, thanks, uh, Rahari and Jack. Thanks for having me. No, absolute pleasure to have you. And look, we've been dancing around this idea to have a guest on. I mean, you know, we've had a number of leggies thrown at us, throw themselves at us through through the DMs on social media, but we try and keep it uh, relatively real to the core idea what legal counsel is. But if we would have anyone on the show, it'd be you. He's not our first guest. We've had Charlie Gubb, and True. we've also had those South African leggies that I went to and turned up to on that Saturday afternoon. And that referee. What referee? You're taking oh, the shine off this, guys. You ref, you you. Sorry, mate. You you're a top five guest. You know the ref that you had, a touchy, the touchy. I can't remember that one. No, Jack. You literally interviewed a touchy that had done three hundred games. Oh yeah, Steve. Uh, Steve broke. <laughs> I'm a verified here. So you know, obviously, it's a special to have you here, Cy. What's your earliest memory of rugby league? I. <sighs> I've spoken to a few people about this in the past. That's uh, not my first memory. It was always that Friday night uh, league with the uh, Jimi Hendrix intro on uh, Channel Two. Uh, but I, it was the I went to the war. I think it was the first Warriors game against Canterbury and Christchurch. Ooh. And my abiding memory was someone uh, bungee jumping out of a helicopter and losing his shoe. Nineteen ninety six. I think you find that was. Was so it? Second... Well, I was younger than that, but yeah, it was. Um, it was a yeah. 
Was it the at Tigers the... game, Jack, do you think? No, it was no. against Canterbury. It was against Canterbury. Sydney, the Sydney Bulldogs. 96. No, no, it was, it was against uh, the Canterbury. It was like a early, early... Oh! oh. oh. Ripside, provincial, okay, at Eddington yeah, yeah. Showgrounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's purist. Um, and right. we, and when you sort of, your day-to-day association with rugby league, apart from being obviously a, quite a famous composer and contributor <laughs> to the show, um, many many of, I guess, you know, if we were Saturday Night Live, you'd be one of the main writers. Um, what's your sort of, what's your weekly affection with rugby league, apart from, you know, obviously the obvious in the Warriors? Yeah, look, uh, I watch the Warriors every every week. Uh, I put a probably an unrealistic multi on them every time for thirteen plus, and for all the boys to score four tries. So, uh, but yeah, look, particularly during lockdown, I've, I think last year I watched more or less every game. Mm. Uh, this year, probably three or four games a week, I'd say. Nice. Uh, yeah, mate, fucking lockdown. Sort of, it, it's what you look forward to on the weekends. It is. It is. Jack, it seems like you've been doing this lockdown a little bit tougher than the last. How are you going? Yeah, definitely it's been a lot tougher than the last because, for me, we're not getting anywhere. What's the point of destroying people's the economy and people's lives for the cases to go up? Let it rip. But, yeah, and tonight really was a, um, a tough night because it's the first night without Friday, Thursday night football uh, for, well, I don't know, 25 rounds. Um, and I seem to think last year's lockdown may have, I reckon it would have ended or something. Oh, maybe not, but it was there wouldn't have been many Thursday nights and have Thursday night league in lockdown, you know? Yeah, so you're, you're, you're getting concentrated rugby league, focused rugby league. It's four games. I mean, we're going to obviously dig deep into them, but before we get there, Anything that jumped out of you of the last? It was a bit of a fizzle, wasn't it? We had some, um, we had some relatively high stakes games. If you cast your mind back to last week, it's 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 hard to once you've got the defined finalists. But the Sharks had a wee crack at the Storm. Did, did they ever really look like getting over the top of them there, Jack? Uh not really. But hang on, mate. Our, our listeners have heard this. We remember recording on Sunday morning, so we need to focus oh, on Sunday. Good call. Well, and we the, picked the Warriors, didn't we? Yeah, don't worry about that. But let's Warriors got flogged in one of the worst performances I've Ever? seen. Yeah, since game, the Panthers game when we went off laughing and cr- yeah, smile Monday night, uh, Cleary. Yep. But then you've got the Tigers and the fucking basket case that that rugby league club has become. I, I say to Tigers fans, um. And they, and they they compare themselves to us and good on them, you know. Many people call the Tigers the White Warriors, but I, I, I say to the Tigers, you don't have any hope. There's no hope there. Like I know the Warriors are infuriating and horrible, and they do this to us every year and and whatever. But there's always hope with our club. There's always something there. The Tigers have nothing. Where, where do you go to? Does Madge keep his job, or where do they go to as a club? Simon, yours, please. I'll, I'll throw it to you, mate. You're the, you're the boffin. So I think you've got to stick with me. Like, you've got to stick with Mads for five years. Like, shopping and changing coaches is the natural knee-jerk reaction. But a club like the Tigers, 
that has such rotten to the core from its CEO with its fucking Justin Bieber haircut to the the center of excellence, which is some, um, you know, modular bloody uh, dongas. The club's fucked, and they need to just What's a donga? Uh, a, do- a donga is like a outback um, accommodation unit for mining. Really? I've always heard that a donga was a penis. Simon, what, have you, what do you associate the word donga with? Yeah, I'd say a penis. I thought of like a, a P5 or a, a prefab block for uh, for what Jack's describing. But, but I, I say donger. When I say donger, I say penis and a fat penis. As a dinger is a condom, then a donger would be a franger. A uh, no, a dinger is a is a pinger, which is an ecstasy tablet. A franger I is a condom. condom. Did, really? Isn't it? I always thought a franger was a condom. A donger is a penis that's wider than it is long. Exactly, like a chode, but but <laughs> a chode is shorter than it is long, fat chode. I almost saw a chode off once in Vegas. You were there, Jack. I don't know. Chode off, chode off. Who won? There was 15 men chanting in a top floor of a Vegas hotel saying chode off, and the two men, um, they had, both had stage fright and they wouldn't do it. Uh, we moved right. on and we and we we found other things to entertain ourselves. But back to the donger. How do you declare a chode winner? Is it the biggest or the smallest? Smallest. Ah, okay. No, 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 no. It's it's ratio based, uh, based width to length. So the highest ratio width divided by length wins. So width divided by length. So okay. So pi makes an appearance. So, so it's an so it's a percentage or a, it's it's a, it's a it's a decimal number, isn't it? No, no, no. Listen to this. Width divided by length. God, your maths is hopeless, but you did go to Lincoln. Okay. So let's say both penises are one inch long. Yes. Right. Yes. And let's just say that one of the blokes is called, so I know, Sam Keenan. His is two... <laughs> Indiscreet. Two inches wide. And then the other guy, let's say his is still one inch long, but it's four inches wide. Let's say his name's, all right, Mark Berry, for instance. <laughs> Very wins because his ratio four divided by one equals four is bigger than two divided by one equals two. Interesting. But how did you get dongers before from a West Tigers? Um, just oh, so so their their centre of excellence is basically a P five prefab block. Got if it. You're... And now you know what having dived deep into the origin of the word donger. Now I appreciate your story so much more. So basically what you're saying, the Centre of Excellence is a couple of prefab mining slabs that someone's knocked up in an afternoon. Quote. <laughs> uh, I, I really do think that out of all the clubs in our competition, in our great competition, the Tigers have the least amount of hope. There's nothing there. The cupboard's bare. And maybe the Dragons? But the Dragons have got some nice young players coming up. Yeah, they've got nice young players. And then you look at, oh, there was an article earlier in the week, and it was like, um, these are the players the Tigers need to look oh, for next Like, Aaron Woods, Corey Norman. Oh, God. Just, just players you wouldn't you wouldn't touch with a 10-foot pole. But when you're the Tigers, like, it would be so, because you've got to fill your, like, you got to fill up your, so what you got to do is you got to take, you got to invest, right? It's going to be two to three years of pain to try and get, somewhere in that point. And that's a long time, right? When you've got shareholders or members that want results. And the best thing Pasco came up with, he goes, 
for members, their div- their dividends are results. And they're and- getting them. Simon, you mentioned multis and bets and warriors. What's have, have you had a successful league bet this season? Is there something no, that's no. coming? No, uh, not not particularly. No, because unless something I wanted to raise uh, would be the perfect multi ratio. So I tend to get multi fever and go maybe two or three legs further than I should. Mm. So I'm thinking the perfect ratio is the head to head winner. Plus three, plus three any times. Okay. So you'll basically then, by that logic, you want to pick games where a team is heavily favoured and look for the outside backs, maybe one of the middle forwards kind of thing and really get it juicy. Or do you, go, this... do you, go, do you go exotic? I, I, yeah, I think that's my problem. I tend to go too exotic hmm. and it ends up that they never come in because I go, oh, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll put uh, Lodge in for a try as well. Maybe first try, and then, you know, it, it ultimately you've, you've chosen the first try scorer who's on the bench. Do, do you know and, the and first time, my first association with the tab and betting was my 21st birthday. You, Braddy, and a few other guys gave me a multi, Warriors to win 12 and under against maybe the Sharks in a semi-final in 2002, and it won. And I got like two or 300 bucks back, and I went in, Went down to my local mall and bought a pair of Levi's jeans. Really? No, Is that it? That's a, that's a yeah. true story. True story. Awesome. I love league stories like that. Um, I think while we are Sunday, let's talk. I think I don't like to win about. Let's talk about the Warriors. Oh, <laughs> please, Someone please like, not. You know, Matt Lodge and Kane Evans. It's like, oh, mate, it's going it's through my brain. Right. So we need a fresh perspective here, Simon. You watch the Warriors as much as we do. Give us, yes. give us your perspective on what happened. I was, I was disgusted. It was, especially when it, we were just bleeding tries. But the the discipline and then the goon behaviour in the second half, mainly with Kane Evans, uh, Lodge. Uh, I mean, what did we get? Three binnings in three minutes, wherever yes. it was. Uh, it was just embarrassing, man. We and. It, <laughs> If you talk about having a thug versus an enforcer, mm. there's a difference there. And talk me through that. Well, you need someone that's going. If they're an enforcer, they need to be physical and non-compromising mm. within the within the, the rules, or at least bending the rules uh, to a, to a point where they're not going to get bent. If you've got some fucking idiot like Kane Evans mm. throwing uh, clenched fist punches. Overhand punches. I just don't. It's just when, so far out of the rounds. It's insane. He is being down by thirty when you do it. Yeah, that's weak. I actually oh, saw but, on Twitter there was someone but, who was at the game and he goes, he goes, the Warriors were yelling at each other, and then I heard someone out like screaming at each other on the field. There was dissension, and then I did hear maybe a club official say at the end of the game, look. It was just boiling over for a few weeks. They're just over it. They're over being away. Mm. But that's no excuse. You see, you know, other teams keep it together. But then you go, well, fuck, the Tigers just got flogged from the dogs. So it made me feel a little bit better. Look, that we're in Redcliffe next season. They have just come out with the announcement today, say that the Warriors are in Redcliffe, which I think is a positive because I think the Warriors are better in Queensland. Um, Big thanks to New South Wales, especially the Central Coast. But 
they are going to say that half the games are going to be played in New Zealand next year. You'd almost say that's a guaranteed now that Vax rates are getting up, surely, wouldn't you? Uh, why do you think it's a positive thing that that's their home base? Well, the Warriors, and there's generally a lot more Kiwis based in Queensland than New South Wales. In Redcliffe, there's 21,000 Kiwi, uh, Kiwi-born people. And I think in the Gold Coast and Brisbane area, there's close to 500,000. And it is a large section of that is Māori and Pacific Islander. And generally, they're big Warriors fans. So we do go well in Queensland. There's also then the second point of a lot of the Warriors team, your Nicaremas, your Walshers of the world, uh, have Queensland roots. So I think having Moreton Bay Stadium, we know it's a beautiful stadium. We hope it's going to be the next NRL club. Having that as your base, um, I see that as quite a positive. If, if you can't go back to New Zealand, which they're saying they hope to have half of the home games in New Zealand, then I think the next best option is Redcliffe, who they have an affiliation with. They have the feeder club and the players that aren't in the Warriors playing the Dolphins anyway. I think it's a positive. What about you, Jack? Well, I think there's a couple of things here. I think you pulled those stats out of your ass about 21,000 Kiwis. No, I read it in a fucking article today, come. 500,000 in southeast Queensland. But anyway, I'll let you away with that. And then the other question was, Look, to me, it was depressing because it's just like, fuck, the cops continuing on and it's just an admission that we can't travel to New Zealand. But then I thought, is this the future of the Warriors? Is this the future of the Warriors to be based in Australia and then just almost take some games to the old, to to Auckland to thank the fans from the good old days pre-2020? So you're saying like the old Las Vegas Raiders, they moved from Oakland. And they just mm. have a few games back in Vegas a year just to keep the old parochial people. And slowly but surely, they amalgamate. And yep. Wow, I did not see that coming, Jack. But that's what, like, uh, one, they have absolutely no faith in Chompers to have any sort of border open. Yeah, That's not the primary one. But then the other one that's hanging around and stuck in my brain is, this is actually a call from the club thinking, Last year, we did really well away from home. And maybe, like we've talked about on the show many a time, we struggle to attract talent. If we're based in Redcliffe, we could pick up all the good young Queensland talent. Yeah. Look, we're going to we're gonna look forward, as it I said kills, before. It kills League in New Zealand, though. And that's... Yeah. That's... Yeah. I, I think, as you both would know, and we talked about this last year, it's funny... International League is bigger in New Zealand than it is Australia. Like, even hardcore union fans will be pissing up at a at a house party and they'll sit down and watch a Kiwi test, won't they, Si? Oh, absolutely. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's thrilling. But we haven't had it for so long. And I think Aussies are just used to being you know, the perennial glory boys. We always uh, turn up there expecting the boys to put up a good fight. Sometimes you get thumped, sometimes you get rolled by Tonga. But every now and again, you get that uh, World Cup final where you roll Australia and the, and the glory is phenomenal. I know. It, it, it's the highs. We think it's, yeah, we, we just hope that International League can can rise to the those peaks again. I will just have a quick interlude. Last night, I was actually a bit bored and I watched New Zealand versus England 2019, November the 2nd, I think it was, at... Um, Eden Park. It was a fucking good game of football. Kieran Foran came on after two minutes and injured, wasn't he? Yeah, and then Cody, Nicarima and Jar Hughes shared the halves duties with Benji. 
um, tough game. They almost won, didn't they, um, Great Britain? It's a good game of footy. I, mean, I couldn't really focus on it at the time. I watched it again, and oh, it just made me pine for the international league. Well, speaking of pining for something, and and you know, you, you're yearning for better days. I will take this opportunity to say it is Are You OK Day, so hopefully everyone out there has a chance to say Are You OK to someone and reach out to someone. Obviously, it's lockdown. Simon, what's been the worst thing about lockdown for you in terms of, I guess, missing out on what, what are you what are you yearning for at the moment? From what's the first thing that you're going to do when you're out of lockdown? Oh, mate, go to the pub. I mean, it, it, it's that social contact. I love spending time with my family and kids and that. It's uh, that's all fine. You sort of you have to look at it through through the positives, but. Mira and I sort of, uh, and a few others, took the opportunity during the last lockdown to catch up at a, was it, where, where did we catch up? Mira was like... Um, Palace uh, Hotel. What was it? I love that place. Palace Hotel. We actually watched the Warriors oh, yeah. Tigers at Suncorp Stadium. And, uh, and Brendan Symes in his UFC uh, debut. Not UFC, MMA. Shout out to Brendan. Congratulations. So he watched that on the phone. Um, but yeah, we took our opportunity when we could, and it was fucking awesome. And we were joking about, oh, we'll be locked down tomorrow, or Monday, or something. And oh, so I was in lockdown for that. So that's when you were free. And I remember you were both saying, "Oh, should we go to the pub?" And I think I was encouraging you to both to do it because you fucking you never know where your next league meal is coming from. Right. And then next thing you know, we're, we're from that Thursday night, we were back in lockdown. Jesus. All right. So we're in September. It's the 9th of September. The grass clippings, as you, you're smelling fresh cut grass. There is, you wake up, it's light earlier. You turn on the radio and Vossi's talking about who he thinks is going to win this finals games. You genuinely know you're in peak rugby league season. There is nothing, there is nothing, no heights that reach higher than this. And the first game that we have to talk about is tomorrow night. 1v4, and I do have to have a shout-out to you, Jack, when we had an argument a few weeks back around what was going to be the first game. I thought in my heart of hearts it was always a formula, but you said it was about TV ratings. You were right. You called 1v4, so congratulations. We've probably got the greatest 1v4 battle that I can remember. The Storm v. the Eagles, the best team in the comp versus the hottest team in the comp. Um, The ins for Melbourne... Munster, Welsh, Kafusi, Jennings, Bromwich, Bromwich, Smith, and Eisenhuth. No real outs for um, the Storm, but there's no Josh at Ocar. Um mm. For the Eagles, Curtis Surinan and LOI, but you're dealing with a pretty much full-strength side, both of them. Carl Lawden is now in for Croker. Jack, former Warrior, we do like Carl Lawden. How do you see this game going? Do we have the potential of an upset? Okay, Harry. What I would say for first is that I don't know where this result will go. Mm. And therefore, I think actually Manly winning tomorrow night isn't actually a big upset. I mean, I've heard people say boil overs and, and stuff like that. I mean, I don't think it would be a boil over. I think it was only around 21, I think it was, that Melbourne played Manly. And Melbourne Manly took them right to the and they they on they found a weakness on the uh, on the Melbourne right hand side defence. Yes, yes, I think I, look, I think it's uh, oh, I'd say sixty forty chance the Storm will win, 
Um, but I don't, it's not a boil over. And to be honest, if if Melbourne do, I mean Melbourne lost to Parramatta. Oh, it's uh, let's just say it's going to be a phenomenal game of football. The standard is going to be off the charts. We're witnessing probably the most dominant season from an individual that we've seen in a number of years in Tom Tabovich. I mean, he missed the first four games and he's going to win the Daly M by a runaway. Here's a question. When was the last equivalent season of one player dominating so much? And what, uh, what are you grading this on? Just domination. Ben Barber, Barber, 2014 dogs. I was thinking 2012, Ben Barber. 2012, sorry, I said 14, yes. Before that, you have to go back to 2009, uh, Jared Hayne. Yep. Speaking of Hayne, interesting, Jared Hayne never got nicknamed Jane. <laughs> yeah, so? I just thought it would have come naturally, Jane, Jared Hayne. Always got called Hainesy. Wasn't he, was, he was so, he was really good, wasn't he, on his day? It was outrageous. Yeah. You, you, can't, you can't talk about it. Did they end up stripping him? Do you strip yes. Jared Hayne for past wrongs? Do you strip him of his Dalian medal? Well, he's OJ'd himself. Uh, so it's hard to talk about him in terms of... Uh, and Chris Cairns, it's so sort of uh, Hansi Cronje. It's these fallen players that, you know, do you... Their their off field sins or on field sins for that matter, uh, colour their their performance. It's interesting you say that, side because I was about to bring that up. But for me, Chris Kins is still remembered fondly in my circle of mates. Um, uh, what and, and Tiger Woods comes to mind, and OJ. I mean, OJ still OJ like, and that's the American culture. OJ still famous, right? If you hear OJ, people talk, still talk about OJ. But I feel like. In Australian culture or league culture, people don't even mention Jared Hayne anymore. Well, Can I you actually heard of- on the radio that um, they were saying they had a very this very same argument. It was Vossi talking to Hindy, and Hindy was saying how good Turbo's gone, and he goes, "Look, I haven't seen this since Hainsey." And then Vossi was engaging him, saying, "You know, Jared, you were playing with him, so they're having a conversation." So they didn't cancel him, which is which is you know what this day and age is like cancel culture. Look, he did a bad thing. He's a horrible guy, but he's, he shouldn't be wiped from history because at that time, he was playing on the field, and I think we should be able to compare. I mean, we can't just not talk about him. He's a bad man, but he did play well in 2009. You're a big gridiron man. Uh, Aaron Hernandez, does he still get talked about in, in gridiron circles as a good player? I think more for his off-field exploits, but you made, you made a great point in O.J. Simpson. He, he still gets talked about as one of the great running backs. Correct. And what about Hensley Cronje was an interesting one. I think, well, he wasn't that good. He was just good no. captain, I guess. He I'm trying to remember what his, off- what, 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 his, uh, what his sin was. Hensley? Uh, yeah. Match, match fixing. fixing. Yeah, it was match fixing, yeah. He went down in a plane very dodgily. He got basically, the plane, they they made the plane go down. He was 32 or something. I thought he was must have been in his 50s. No. <laughs> he was late career. He was so young. He'd retired, surely. And what about Payne Stewart? He was Stewart? banned. He was banned. Payne Stewart went down in disgrace. No, he didn't. Payne Stewart just died in a helicopter in a plane. It wasn't in disgrace. Really? Yes. <laughs> I thought he disgraced. No. I'm sorry. <laughs> Jesus. All right, Sai. We're going to start with you. 
And we're going to yes. build this into a multi. We went now. Right. Storm Eagles. It's been played at Neutral Field, Sunshine Coast Stadium. The odds, sports speed have got the Storm a dollar thirty-seven, Eagles three ten. What do you say? Based on the heat from from Manly at the moment, I'm, I'm going to pick them. The, the, that game on Saturday was unbelievable. Mm. Tommy Turbo, Garrick. I mean, those guys are just on fire. Mm-hmm. Coming up against just a, a solid Storm team who are, you know, you look at those odds. And I've got the odds up in front of me. It's over. Based on these odds, it would be a boil over if uh, if the um, Eagles got over. But it's like they're, they're, they're looking hot, in my opinion. And you're going to go Eagles, Jack? Eagles, yeah. Uh, I'm going to go Storm because, as I said, 60 40. I'm, I'm a statistics mathematics man. If I'm Melbourne Storm, though, I just. I attack turbo. Every tackle's hard. Mm-hmm. Every elbow in a tackle gets into his testicle area. It's, I mean, in a way, it's quite, in a way, you know where the power, you know where the, the, the danger is. You can attack it, you know? So you're going to go storm. I, I sort of look at the defining thing for me is the four packs. And you go through, Bromwich, Smith, Welsh, Kafusi, Bromwich, Finucane, as well as having Harry Grant, Kamuka Mitha, Asafa Solomona on the bench. Versus Aloi, Lawton, Tapao, Olaka Atu, Schuster, Dubrovich, and then Kepi, Paseka, and Serena on the bench. That's light years difference. Like, I know how good Turbo is, and I know how good Jerry Evans is. I think the Storm are going to win by 10 and I think you're going to see the full force of Brandon Smith and Harry Grant unleashed. We haven't seen it this season really yet because Harry's been injured or Smith's been suspended or, you know, they've never really, apart from that early season, you're going to see Bellamy unleash. He wants the week off. The week off is the absolute key to winning the comp. Now, if you're a top four team and you lose week one, I don't think it actually... I don't have the stats in front of me, but I don't think that those teams often win. If you win the grand final, you win week one, and I think that the Storm are going to win week one. So I'm going to the Storm. And that's what people, I think people that don't, aren't proper leagueies need to understand. That's how big tomorrow's game is. Because hmm. it's, a, it's, a, it's a crystal ball almost, or a whimsical look at the future. Whoever wins that is very close to winning a premiership. I can't believe that, you know, I sent you that music on um, Sunday, Jack, about the grand final. Yeah. And you said that you'd never heard it. I mean, no, it doesn't stick in my, I mean, show that no classical, mercy. That classical music that Joel Kane actually shared on Twitter, and I'll share it from the legal counsel for, for, for the listeners wondering what the fuck I'm talking about, but they used to play it every grand final. It's like a classical tune. And it made the hair on my neck go up. It was, you know, it was, it was, it meant grand final time. You, you don't, you didn't remember it. No, I prefer that, uh, that sort of um, beat music they had during the MMI replay. <laughs> oh, you said Show No Mercy. That was a good song. That was an, that was like a, what, 97 kickoff? 1990, 1990. Mark Williams uh, performed it before Canberra vs Penrith. So Mark Williams became the lead singer of NXS for a while after Hutchins. Isn't that right, Simon? Oh, fuck. Well, didn't they do that reality TV show? No, before that. Before I that. mean, 
Fucking, if you if you half if you're a good pub singer in Australia and you haven't been a lead singer of NXS, you're hopeless. Who's <laughs> worse? Like, is like, and this is controversial. Is Cold Chisel just just a pub band gone? Like, they just somehow inexplicably got famous. Well, uh, Jimmy Barnes had a lot of charisma back in the day before he just started yelling and screaming into the microphone. Mm. I reckon they've got some good tunes. Do you like but yeah, you're right. Yeah. I think that, that because they are d- defined as, as pub rock, then and you hear them played by covers bands uh, in pubs, and I can see why uh, that would be the case. What about my argument about UB40 being uh, a, a covers band? You're a horrible cunt saying that. Yeah, no, nah, but I see where he comes from. But I think UB40... What cult chisel means from the other side of the great dividing range from where you are. You go to any New South Wales country town on the other side of the Blue Mountains, it means a lot to them, you know? Like the pub and back in the days of the league game on the said they are, though, going down to the pub and you'd hear pub rock. I, I, you're a bit more cosmopolitan and all that, being an Eastern Suburbs boy listening to fucking Tropical House and shit. But. <laughs> I do like uh, Tropical House. Grassroots uh, wheat farmer from uh, Griffith is going to be a cold chisel man. He, know, he knows the flame trees. He's all he's all over the flame trees. Because he identifies with Simon. He identifies with it. Now, and banging Hong Kong mattresses all night long. I mean, Mio, you can relate to that. Come on. So uh, Yeah, so can Rio. I, I will so respect Chisel. Chisel did open. I was at a grand final. Ooh, I would say the last one I was at was... 2014 and Chisel opened wasn't impressive at all. Yeah, but I'll re Harry, I'll give it again, I'll be the devil's advocate. But I feel sorry for bands that have to play those shitty little. Uh, it's just not a good. If you're, a, I'm not a musician, but I, Simon is, and I can imagine if you're trying to play three songs in a cavernous uh, rugby league field, I just don't think that's. Uh, it's uh, a good place for your art. You need like a good twelve-song set to build up and a crowd close to you. To I don't know. What do you think, Simon? You're on an absolute hiding to nothing on any of those curtain raiser slash um, halftime gigs. Hmm. Yeah, you're fucked. I mean, unless you're, unless you're Super Bowl, where you've got a huge unlimited. That's why you go big. That's why you go pop. That's why you, you don't fuck around. You go. You go big. You what was go that big. game where the Veronicas came out and it was like, what the fuck is this? It was like State, State of Origin or something. Was that, yeah, was that Nationals? Uh, yeah, I think so. Well, like, Meatloaf, Meatloaf I played the, the um, AFL grand final a couple of years ago and the sound was just terrible, wasn't it? But he's like a 70s sort of rock opera type. It's not even... Because, because those fields are designed for rugby league, not fucking music. Well, that was Billy it. Idol. I love Billy Idol, but fuck it. Oh, he, he had technical issues. <laughs> he it did. Like a, it was like Spinal Tap. He did. Well, okay, Simon, who's your ideal? Who plays the NRL Grand Final this year? Oof. Uh, Brisbane. It's in Brisbane. It's in Brisbane. Shit. Okay. It would have to be a local act. Are you going to say Powderfinger? I was going to say... Um, oh, Wolf yeah, that'd be good. yeah, Powderfinger would go all right. What about Wolf Mother just playing the same song three times in a row? Joker or Jet. Three. It had to be Jet doing it. <laughs> Your turn. Jet, are you going to be my girl? Then oh, yeah. are you going to be my girl? Then maybe roll over DJ. 
Yeah, and then and then Snicky Sound System comes out for for their um, UFO song. Who sung "Streets of Your Town"? Who sang what? Which one? "Streets of Your Town." Uh, Grant McLennan was the lead singer. Um, oh no, they're a massive Brisbane band. You tell, guys, you must know it. "Streets of Your Town." Birds of Tokyo. No streets. Yeah, uh, oh, the look, the look it up on the internet. I'm going yeah. to grand. I'm going to game two. All right, we'll start with you, Sai. So we've got the Roosters, yes. Titans. Yep. Dollar uh, Roosters. Yeah, Roosters for mine. I think. I think I'm with you. No, country wide. Go betweens. Never heard of them. Nah, neither. So, oh my gosh. You got the odds in front of you. It's a dollar twenty-five to four four dollars. Dollar twenty-five. What I'm quite surprised about. You've obviously got Tedesco, Tupo, Morris, Kieran, Ikevalu. Hutchinson, but they're going with Sam Walker off the bench again. Local Lamb starting in the seven. We'll come back to that. Hargraves, Verrills, Takiaho, Crichton, Torpen, Nunea, Radley. Love that. Love that forward pack. But they've got Sam Walker on the bench with Isaac Liu, Egan Butcher, and one of my favourite players in the comp, Fletcher Baker, against a Titans team that were very willing last week. They beat a very bad Warriors side. I didn't know how good Jaden Campbell was, Jack. I think I did not rate him high enough. He looks outstanding. I still probably don't rate him that highly because um, he beat up the worst Warriors app I've ever seen in around 25. So, look, he's fast, he's quick, he's rapid, but he's small. And it's, let's see, is he, is he starting fullback? He must be this he's week. He's starting so fullback. He's starting fullback. Look, you know, this is the argument I had about Walsh. Look, I don't think he's a great. No, I mean he's a good player and stuff. But Jaden, oh, it's finals football. Jaden Campbell can put a, a an exclamation mark on his early career. This is when the big players stand up. Okay. No, I don't care how old you are. No, I, I agree. But um, I think Jaden Campbell is such an exciting young player, just like Reese Walsh. I think Walsh is a bit more classier, but. Campbell played brilliant last week. I think this is going to be a game where a lot of punters are going to say, oh, I think the Titans are value here. I think the Titans are... People have written off the Roosters all year. The Roosters are going to come out and probably beat them quite soundly. I think 13 plus is on the cards. It's 5.40 on a Saturday. It's the type of game where you've been out all day with the kids. You've been 28 degrees, Sydney. You've been at the beach probably. You come down... You've had your first couple of schooners, you settle in, and you're watching a rooster masterclass with the coach of the year pulling the strings. Tedesco's grabbing a couple, and I think it's a one-way traffic. Jack, you? I want to say Titans. My heart and my head says uh, roosters. Difficult time to watch a game of footy with a family, but I'll give it a go. We've talked about the 540 game. It's the game where you're cooking a big... 1980s stir fry with lots of bok choy in it and you're trying to turn the head watching the game and it's not having mumsies going at you there's people in bars there's shit flying everywhere you just can't watch it Simon 540 what are you going to be doing? Uh, Yeah it'll be about the same probably preparing I I tend to get my Saturday meals done early I've been uh, in lockdown uh, trying a few uh, new recipes Mm. Uh, with an early start, so you get those prepared, and then you uh, have a bit of free time in the later afternoon. Nice. 
Sharks. So you're more the you're more settling. So this Panthers Rabbitohs game, this has got your name on it, seven fifty. Oh, he, didn't, he didn't give us a he didn't give us a result. He said he said Roosters. Roosters, Roosters yeah, without yeah. a shadow of a doubt. He said very yeah. Early. This I've game, already run the scenario planning on your multis too. So I've got uh, I got where I sit, and I've got where I predict you guys sit as well. Okay, so look, there's there's a clearingly big. Um, the elephant in the room is named Latrell. He's replaced by a guy called Blake Tafe. And T double A double F E. Is he indigenous, Jack? Don't know. Don't think so. You're usually an expert on indigenous players. Um, I mean, I see this is this is a two v three game, and and we're looking at a team, the Rabbitohs, that have lost what four games this season. Their record is 20-4. and four. Fucking incredible in the NRL era. And we're going to see a team get flogged. And I oh, think, I that, I think oh. that we're going to witness a quite um, embarrassing scoreline here uh, for the Rabbitohs fans. I see this as when the Panthers really come together. We're going to talk about the same thing as we talked about before of the one place for... This is the Panthers want the week off. And I reckon they come and express themselves. They've pushed Crichton to the wing, Momorowski and Burton in the centres, To'o, Luai, Cleary, um, Moses Leoda starting with Fisher Harris. In the front row, has been pushed forward, obviously. Coruscant, Kikau, Capewell, and Yeo. So this could be Capewell and Kikau's last. Actually, Kikau might go the year after. This is do or die for the Panthers. <laughs> Um, this season, not this game. Um, I can't see anything here from from this team. Uh, the the Rabbitohs. So Tafe Johnson, Ngai, Graham, Paulo, Walker, Reynolds. That's where the game's going to be won and lost. Walker Reynolds versus Louis Cleary, incredible battle. But I just feel like Nichols, Cook, Tatola, Kulamatangi, Sue, and Murray. I'd call that a below average four pack. Simon, how do you see this one going? Well, similar to the previous game, I, I see the Panthers just uh, dominating this this game. If you look at the earlier part of the season, they were the form team, and mm. I think they still are. Then that the, the that sort of uh, pendulum swung towards Storm, <laughs> but uh, yeah, a full strength Panthers team for the most part with Kikau, Cleary, Luai, Tao. Uh, I, I can not blow them off, and no, the trail for. Um, the rabbit eyes. I think that's uh, curtains for them. Fair call. Jack, you. Yeah, I think the difference is Latrell. I think if Latrell was playing, I think I'd I'd, I'd pick the rabbit eyes here just because you see what he does in big games as you saw at the Nationals. Mm. So, yeah, I reckon uh, Panthers win by four. Okay, it's interesting. A couple of things I've noticed is that Tom Burgess isn't starting and neither is Liam Martin. So they've swapped Liam Martin and Kikau around. So Kikau was actually on the bench for a few games and now they've decided to start him. Is this the final series that Kikau just goes, I'm going to take over? Do you think there's maybe something that they have seen recently in the season? Because remember at the start of the season, Jack, we were going, fuck, the guy's gone to another level. He, You know that game against the Storm at Penrith Park where he ran from sideline to sideline and stopped the try, won the game. And he'd gone up a new dimension, and then he went quiet for weeks. Are we going to see Kikau go another gear here? 
Well, I can remember I was at Brookvale Oval sitting with James Watson, a good listener of the show, in the northwestern corner. And I saw him score this try just like people just couldn't tackle him. They were like fleas. Um, yeah, I don't. My answer is no, I don't think we will. Um, I think he's going to go to Rara. Did you hear that rumour today? Wouldn't surprise me. Really? Like, what the heck's not? What a waste of telling the Rara. Fijians are more Rara inclined. But he's just, what position would he play? Loose forward. He, he wouldn't what? be good at Rara. Don't get me wrong, but that's what he'd play. What, actually, uh, um, Denny, you're a big Rara man. What's Bunivalu like at Rara? Bunivalu, um, good. Queensland Reds? Yeah, yeah, no, good, good. He's, um, it's been fucking you know, far between on the um, on the uh, union front, but uh, you know he's a good player. He's transitioned well. Okay, last game of the round, and this this is just one of those beautiful Sunday afternoon last finals games, and and these are the ones that you always think is going to go one way. These are the upsets from a traditional perspective. Finals footy. Sunday afternoons are your Warriors. 2008 beat the Storm, 8v1. 2009, Eels beat the Dragons, 8v1. Sunday, Arvo are your finals upsets. 6v7, Eels Knights. Jack, I'm going to start with you. Can you see an upset? Easy. Really? Yeah, I just... The Knights are just... I know they... They just... Don't do it for me. I think the Eels have shown me enough with the power up front of. Oh, did you say? Did you say Eels easy, or did you say upset? You can easily see an upset. No, Eels easy. Yes, yes. Sorry, yes, yeah. I agree. Yeah. So I just think yeah, Eels. I think them beating the Storm um, with their full shoot team before they rested half the team last mm. week just shows they are getting their um, getting their run right, and I think the Eels. When they beat, after they beat the Knights, can beat the Rabbitohs. Totally agree with you. Um, I think this is after the Panthers. I think this is my next favourite bit of the round: Eels over the Knights. I just think that the Knights are rubbish. I think that um, I just think they're a very they're, they'll fold extremely easily. I don't see them getting in a grind an arm wrestle, a playoff game. The Eels have been there recently. They've played some high-quality games. Yes, they've been absolutely rubbish. They've got game-breakers like Papali, um, Junior Paulo, Campbell Gillard, and then, you know... Oh, so no Sivo. Where's Sivo? Uh, Sai, anything that you see? Anything? Yeah, no, I can care. I think it's the Eels... Uh... All day long, I mean, there's always the opportunity of an upset, but uh, I just think uh, their season's been fairly consistent. I think they'll uh, they'll take it out. So we are all aligned apart from one. So you yeah. think that the Manly are going to win? Yeah, and it does considerable things to the multi. Okay, so what's the favourites multi playing at the moment? Uh, three uh, as a power play on sports bet, three dollars eleven. Yep. And the manly one? Uh, $7.23 at a power play. Wow. So it's quite, it swings it quite a bit. I, uh, with a four-leg uh, head-to-head, 
three dollars eleven isn't isn't very uh, compelling. It's not bad though. You know, you get a you get a, a couple of pineapples on that, and you you're singing at the pub in a couple of weeks' time, aren't you? You want to throw a few first time try scorers in there just to fuck it right up. <laughs> Jack, who's Makahesi Makatoa? Oh, have you not? He's been playing really well. So he's, he's on the Dave bench for the Eels. I don't know him. He's got blonde hair. Uh, Makatoa must be Samoan, I believe. Do you know uh, where he's born? Uh, Apia. New Plymouth. Or oh, no, maybe. New Plymouth. Oh, wow. So he's eligible for his. But, mate, he's been real good since he's came on. Um, he has done the hard yards to make first grade, been playing a lot of lower league in, in France. Uh, I think he played championship rugby league for the Doncaster Rovers over in the UK. But he's been real. He's been actually one of the catalysts to the Parramatta's, um, you know, getting rid of Jacob Arthur and bringing Makatoa in. He's been really good. He's well, he's good. You keep an eye. He's a prop. So I mean, yeah, I, 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 there's nothing better that when you see a semi-final and you have a player that you don't quite know that well. There's another guy I don't know well, Brody Jones for the Knights. What's your thoughts on him? What? Well, he's got no neck, but you should. He's probably probably played about twenty-five first-grade games. But um, yeah, he's probably one of my more favourite nights. He said, "Who's mo- so about me? Who am I, Brody Jones? Who's most important to me? My mum. Greatest off-field achievement: buying a house. Something we wouldn't know about me. I'm a bit of a car bloke. I'm lost without my mum. So obviously, mum's a big thing here. I grew up in Cessnock. As a kid, my hero was Benji Marshall. The last book I read was I don't read. Ha ha." My favourite thing to do in Newcastle is get a coffee with my mates and my greatest on-field moment was winning the under-16 grand final. Make me. Just soul to the earth. It's just not going. pure league, isn't it? It gives you absolutely nothing. He can't actually So, like, does he take the wrong turn-offs on the motorway and shit? I remember... um, Do you remember Cy growing up going to contact sport games and you read the programmes and... If you read a program in a contact sport game, probably 95% of the players' favourite food was pasta growing up in the 90s. Oh, mate. The fucking Dallas Dishwater, every sort of player profile was boring. It was terrible, wasn't it? It was like junior club, blah, 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 old boys, favourite food, pasta, who's my hero, my mum, my dad. Like, fuck me. Get get some fucking culture under your belt. Didn't. Ego do something wild? For his, for his pen portrait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Didn't he, he like say Jenny was his hero or something? Reece Jenny no, was his he hero. Said, he said that his player he most admired. I think he said me. That's right. He said you. Quite. You think. You know full well what he said. Well, Jack, he teed me up there. Um, yeah. League-wise, Cy, tomorrow 7.50, you come home from work. I mean, are you even home from work? You've got the day off, don't you? I've had today off and tomorrow for um, mental well-being. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, not not personally, um, business-wide, but uh, it uh, it's fuck all you can do when it's just uh, well. I hang out most, mainly today with my daughter, and we just uh, went for a bike ride and whatnot. But uh, yeah, much of the same tomorrow. I'll just be chilling at home with the kids and with Amy. Jack, leading into just. Get into the storm? Yeah, I'll just be to the grindstone. Um, Friday's takeaway night, so 
you know, we'll often throw it out to the kids what they want. Um, really? Yeah, they sort of have turns, but then if they don't, if you don't like what they don't, they want you just tell them the shop's closed or something. So, what's, what's the go-to? Uh, so either pizza, Thai, Indian, or fish and chips. Oh. We get pizza for the kids, and they never eat it. They want it, then never eat it. Really? Oh, well, you gotta get it. it. Fucks me off. So fish and chips. And I, I'm allergic to seafood, so I'll usually get like a hot dog or a burger or something, but fish and chips every time. Like kids just, I mean, my boy just, you can't, you can give him fish and chips every night and have it. Yeah. Trevor's the same. Trevor's favorite food is uh, fish and chips. Would your allergies be, um, uh, uh, like, what do we call it, activated by a fish, a, a fish, a fish being fried in the same, uh, proximity as your hot dog? Nah, I think I'm okay with that. I think what, about okay. a, what about a surimi crabs? You know those surimi. Like baked crab meat? Surimi, yeah. Nah, I, I, I basically just cut everything from the ocean out because I've, I've had such a, such a hard time with it. So. What about bugs? Have you eaten bugs before? Sorry? Have you eaten bugs before? Like Morton Bay bugs? No, no, like insects. Uh, maybe hoo-hoo grubs in the West Coast? Uh, more with like an exoskeleton type, uh, something that would be similar to seafood in, in, in appearance. From a skeletal perspective, from a um, mm. compound perspective. Mm. So how did you find out about this? Uh, well, I actually, when I was young, we'd have Videos. fish and I'd be Videos. like, uh, well, how long did I feel like I was allergic? Yeah, because did you have fish and chips on a Friday night from Theo's and you came oh, down in a convulsion? Oh, I'd be just like, nah, this is not good. And then all my brothers and sisters would be like, no, he just doesn't want to eat it. He's full. Hard enough. Hard enough, exactly. And for years, I was like, no, nah, I can't eat this stuff. It's not good. And I, it reckon took- it's I reckon it's mental. Something like, I don't know, maybe your first time you ate chips was... Or fish and chips was in like the Kiwis lost or something. Oh, I, was gonna, I thought you were going to say that. Maybe it was, I had a horrific league memory in it and it just stained. Well, they do say that all allergies are actually um, curable. You just have to build up a tolerance. So even the worst of the worst, if you have like a peanut allergy, every day you say like you'll break up a peanut and put a tiny bit in your saliva and you slowly get your body used to it. So they do say that all allergies, even the worst, are curable. Oh, I've, got, I've got my body used to beer. Took a long. I still quite haven't got it, but I'll get there one day. It's like when you're 14 and your dad goes, "Do you want a beer?" And you're like, "Yeah, I love it." And it took you like three hours to drink a Spates Old Dark, and it was fucking horrific. <laughs> An acquired taste. Oh god, how bad was beer when you first drank it? I mean, was it? I remember getting um, cider when I was like 13 and drinking that in a, in a bath, and being like, "This is gross." And then by the end of it, I was fucking loving it. Tank as 13 <laughs> in the bath. In a bath, yeah. Why were you? Was it a full bath or an empty bath? A full bath. No, it was just. I think I played a game of rugby and got a bottle of cider and drank it in the bath and scrumpy. Oh, you're having a bath of cider. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, gee whiz, eh? Um, all right. So that's that's about us. We've gone. Jack and I have gone. Storm. Roosters, Panthers, Eels. Simon's gone Manly, Roosters, Panthers, Eels. Yep. Either way, there's a bit of money to be made. We don't see an upset in the next three games. 
great to have you on board, Simon. Any any other final words of wisdom? This is a, you know you've been listening to the show for five years. You've been yeah, a no, contributor. Uh, uh, thank you for inviting me on. Uh, dropped it on me this afternoon, and I was I was more than happy to to jump on. So uh, yeah, it's it's uh, an honour to be amongst. Uh, such guests as that touch judge and some other blokes. So it really means a lot. And the South African guy that you talked to on the sideline, that you can't remember his name. And also <laughs> you're at a, uh, a Melbourne league final, Jack, when you were on the sideline interviewing a few people, that was good. That's right. Actually warriors, but, um, gotta love your league. Gotta love your league. <laughs> If he leaves me now, it takes away the biggest part of me.